0: you're listening to the women of color and confidence podcast i'm your host amber rose west thank you so much for joining me on the show i interview women of color especially black women in the discussion about how they create self-confidence in the united states a country that typically has erased the voice of black women we are highly stereotyped often silenced our presence disregarded from the conversation On Women of Color and Confidence, we will talk about the complexities of being a black woman in America. You will hear from women from different cultural backgrounds and various career industries with their personal stories of becoming a strong black woman while sometimes being the only black woman in the room. How do these women gain and maintain their self-confidence? Follow these weekly episodes and find out. Thank you so much for joining me and enjoy this week's episode. Live! Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Women of Color and Confidence. This is our 16th episode, and surprisingly enough, it is named Pivoting to uh, Fulfilling Careers in Later Years. Now, you may be thinking, hey, Amber, wasn't that the name of episode 15? Well, it was. But I was realizing after we had finished the episode, we received a little bit of feedback on the show itself. And though many of you were really excited to be hearing about uh, pivoting to fulfilling careers in later years, the conversation swayed. And Angela and I spent a lot of time talking about what it's like to be a Black woman in a white workspace. And so I retitled episode 15, and I asked Angela if she would come back on and talk about this topic. I know that that so many of you were excited about it, and Angela was very excited about it and we didn't quite get to it in the way that um, I feel like we could have done it justice. So um, Angela, thank you so much for being willing to come back on and chat with me. I wanna turn it back over to you. If you'd like to reintroduce yourself, please do. And I was also wondering if you could share a little bit about why it was important for you to come back on and talk about this topic.
1: Um, So my name is Angela Collins again, and um, I'll just jump into why I really wanted to talk about the topic. I think like it's really important. I feel like it's a conversation that um, needs to be had. I think that often sometimes isn't had about pivoting and having a career in the later years. You know, I think that um, we know that it's happening. I think there's um, um, you know, amazing things happening with women that are you know, climbing the corporate ladder becoming amazing entrepreneurs in and, and their later years. But I think more for me being more pointed about how did that feel? You know, what was it like going through that time? I think it's like also looking at not just the ABCs of how, but like, what was the emotional aspect of that? Mm-hmm. And um, and for latter years, I know it might be debatable for people. I, I had a friend, I said, oh, latter years, she's like, you are not in your latter years. <laughs> but I, I could, you know, I consider being in the forties, you know, forties and up, right? And so mm-hmm. that might be debatable for people. But I say that because, you know, we kind of live in this sort of like incremental times, right? Mm-hmm. We part, we kind of compartmentalize into these time periods. Like twenties are young and fun. And then, you know, you hit 30, and it's like, even then, they're like, oh my God, I hit 30. But even and then you jump to like 50, where it's like the golden years and this is beautiful time of like, you know, being sort of in this century, you know, half a century, right? And there's a mm-hmm. celebration, balloons for you, right? All these things. And and even with 20s or 30s, it's like, They get kind of squished together as young and then you go and then you skip and it's like, well, wait, I'm 46. And I'm like, what's going on in in the middle, you know? (laughs) And so that's why I kind of pulled in, you know, even my, my time of like being in my forties and I'm in my mid forties, you know, what is it, how how has it been for me? And what has, what has been the journey, you know, you know, how many women, like, how does it feel to, to be accomplished, you know, or Mm -hmm. have you not gotten there yet? Maybe you haven't reached a certain milestone yet and Mm -hmm. you're supposed to figure it out. But what are those feelings around that what is that space that you're in how do you how do you move through that and so that's kind of feel like that's a conversation i don't often hear all the time um, in the middle of things and so i feel like i wanted to really approach that topic
0: beautiful and yeah I'm, I'm glad that we're digging a little bit deeper into this and again i just want to say thank you for coming on and being willing to chat with me again no. i think that part of where i was when i re-listened to the episode was I did kind of think about it in terms of of, of before your pivot and the actual pivot and then, you know, after the pivot and being kind of in that more fulfilling career, but we spent a lot of time on the front end. And this time we're going to spend more time on the pivot and and beyond that. So for those that haven't had a chance to listen to episode 15, uh, would you like to just retouch a little bit on uh, what your career was up until the point of your pivot and kind of the feelings around Making the decision to to pivot.
1: Yeah. So um, my career up to this point has been like a mixed bag. And I you know I said this in the previous interview. I've had a lot of jobs <laughs> in different mm-hmm. industries. I've worked in retail. I've worked in culinary. I've worked in financial services. You know, so many different jobs. When I first started, um, like I got I got my degree in journalism, mass communications, minor in Spanish, and then I in my latter more mature years, I got a, a master's in business management. Mm-hmm. My undergrad, I never used it, you know. And it wasn't that it was like necessarily not the, a good major. It was like because I do write, I was was interested, but I just never moved into that field. I never got a job or pursued. And so what ended up happening is that a lot of these kind of mixed bag jobs were just more of like survival, honestly. You know, I talked about that mm-hmm. before. I was just like, look, I need to pay the bills. I need to pay rent. I need to do this and do that. And so. I never really concentrated on sort of this like, what is it that I really want to do, um, and so I just always had these different types of jobs and um, and never really been happy about it. And I think that's a whole other topic too. You know, not a whole other topic, but going along with that is that I think I felt like I had to pick something. Mm-hmm. I think we live and we we still live, and even though things are changing, we live in a very traditional space mm-hmm. where you know you go to college, you get a degree you know, pick your major and Mm -hmm. and take that thing. And when you graduate, you should work in that thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you kind of go through your life with this mindset that there's this one purpose, one thing that you should be doing this whole time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, and so I think I always kept that when people talk to you in conversations, like, what do you do? You know, it's like, you feel such a big pressure about you having been defining yourself and being very linear into this one compartment it's one thing right and so that's why I feel like I was all over the place and I always felt really unhappy and I kind of moved into my my career kind of moved into settling into this administrative place mm-hmm. where it just kind of became this default it became really comfortable for me I was just like okay I'm, I'm gaining the skills I'll just get it it's an easy way to get this job yeah so and so I've just been in this I've just been constantly been in this particular job my um, job and I've just been really unhappy with it because I still didn't feel like it was that thing and again yeah. you know the more opportunity the thing to focus on was I was thinking that there was this one thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm just not that kind of person and I you know and I'm sure people could relate or may not relate some people have been blessed with like finding that one thing and being like I knew what I wanted to do and do it and that's just but I'm not that person I have <laughs> so many things that you know I'm like, I can do this. I'm I'm like the shiny toys, you know, I can do this. I can do that. And so um, I think that's just like, it has, it's created this restlessness in me. Mm And so that's how my career has, has shown that in me by what I've been picking and what I've been doing. And so my career has kind of like been all over the place, you know?
0: Yeah. I was very much someone who had a lot of interest too. I had a lot of interest and a lot of things I was like, pretty good at. If I just tried, I was like, oh, okay. And what am I going to do? And I don't know if you felt this way, but I definitely felt like there was a, a shift from like being in school and doing things like, like waitressing and bartending and that there would, there would be this up-leveling when I got like a nine to five job, like mm-hmm. <laughs> nine to five was that like adult job where right. I was like, I'm going for that. Right? right. At some point in your nine to five, you're like, mm, what am I doing? Okay. Like this is every day, every day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Right. What was your experience around being in that nine to five and contemplating like a, an, a like an entrepreneurship or like a self-employment type environment?
1: Mm-hmm. I was honestly really scared about it. <laughs> I was, I always felt, I have always felt like I can't do that. Um, I don't know if I have really what it takes to like be this entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think, you know, that's wrapped in a, a lot of like fear of failure, you know, yeah. like imposter syndrome that kicks in, not knowing if you can really kind of handle that, you know, I felt yeah. like that. I felt that like, like, I don't know if that's what I want to do, but I also felt this big pull that I was like, look, I don't know if I can do this. Like, and I'm not saying that's not to say anything to anybody else. There are people who are amazing, who love an eight to five or nine to five, however you say, yeah, um, and love it and do really well at it. And I just started feeling more and more like, I don't know if that's me, but I, I couldn't get myself. I was like, I, I don't know if I want to do this, but like, I don't know if I can do that either. <laughs> it was like, I'm, I'm like, so like, what do I do? You know? yeah. I don't know if I take the step out on my own, but I just know I was getting really restless and having a really hard time having to, especially when I was going to a nine to five that I didn't like. Yeah. It's the worst, it's the absolute worst to go and do something like that and not be somewhere where you feel happy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I felt, I think, you know, so I thought about it, but I just didn't have the guts. I just didn't know how I just didn't.
0: Exactly. I think that's so huge. Entrepreneurship has been really scary for me too. I started really small, but what I realized in the course of starting it was I just didn't know, like it, it was not an option and it wasn't something that was taught to me the way that, You know, that timeline two, eight to five was taught to me between middle school to high school through college. It was like, these are the steps that you're taking and this is what you're going to do. And you kind of always had an idea of what to expect, even though there were new stages along the way, Mm -hmm. but never, I mean, until I was out of college, did I hear about people starting their own businesses and doing as well as they would have or could have in an eight to five, nine to five job. It blew my mind really. Um, and once you kind of get yeah, that feet, that footing under you or that, that education a little bit, I think the first part of that education is really believing that it's possible. Like it's right. possible to have a career with self-employment. And then once you once you get through that belief and you're like, all right, okay, and you start doing things, it begins to build up a little bit. But I would agree with you, that whole pull and tug between not knowing and then that pull and tug between fear, and at the end of the day, all that's like safety and security, right? Which you mentioned at the very beginning of this, you're just like, I was, I was on preservation mode. I need these things to be coming in and take care of myself. And right. at that point, I don't know, I, I've had this many a time, like, do I have the capability to take care of myself and support myself doing something that really makes me happy and really fulfills me? And I think that really does go back to like, well, one education and two experimentation a little bit with what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So You got to that point where you were, you were ready to pivot. And then did you feel like age played a big role in the decision that you were making?
1: Yeah, it did. And that's what kind of, you know, when I started at the beginning, I was saying like being in the forties is sort of this in between where, like I said, you, you don't quite feel like you're so young and then you're you know, you feel like you haven't really gotten to these like these more latter, more mature years and you're kind of sitting in this middle. And I guess a better question is how did it play into the decision?
0: Like, I know that you're in that place but it feels like there may be some external factors
1: or feelings that go into into that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like (laughs) feeling like, you know, okay, what am I doing? I need to make a move, I need to figure something out. And I don't know if it was such such like this propelling thing, but it was more like taking kind of stock and taking account that like, you know, I was feeling not comfortable in my skin in this, at this time, you know? Yeah. And um, and feeling like, I think in this, at this time, this age right now, it was like, why haven't I accomplished a lot of things yet? Mm-hmm. So, uh, where am I at right now? I should have accomplished. X, Y, and Z by this point, shouldn't I have done this already? Ugh, no. And just
0: How many of to...
1: us have felt that? I have felt that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm 35, I'll be 36 this year. And sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? What am I doing? Right. And then sometimes I'm just, calm down. You know, it's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if there was this like this, this thing that created the pivot. It was just like, I just knew I was ready. I just, I just knew that like, I. I it, it was i knew i needed to do something but i know that age two was it, it was more of a challenge i think you know it was mm-hmm. more of a challenge of like me comparing myself to other people and comparing myself yeah. to uh, or putting myself in a box um society-wise what should it should have been expected of me whether it's from friends or family or society saying that you should have accomplished this i mean i have a lot of like amazing friends from all walks of life i mean even yourself like i mean you too like like accomplishing so many things right and um and they're about it you know it's like they're doing it and and they've made all these leaps and bounds and I just felt like I was sitting here like hmm, feeling like I hadn't started anything even though I had jobs and I'm not and those things are valuable all those experiences are valuable but I was still feeling like I hadn't achieved that thing and so I just felt like I was just sitting here kind of like feeling really insecure really embarrassed about not finding it. And so I think that was like, sort of that catalyst of like, I need to, to sort of figure this out and, and, and um, not feel insecure about it and not feel lost about it and not feel ashamed about the fact that I hadn't got there yet, um, that I was still trying to figure it out. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, and so it was more focusing on, you know, more that than anything was just Though, but those are my feelings that was wrapped up into it I think it was I, I have done a lot of which is really hard a lot of looking and thinking man I wish I would have thought about this <laughs> <laughs>
0: what I'm doing now Say I that to I, myself I, I a lot <laughs> you know,
1: I did I not you know do this in my like, 20s or things like that and I think that's like kind of what you know I have, I've been feeling
0: you know, yeah.
1: Um, with my age going into this was more feeling that kind of heavy weight but kind of breaking out of sort of those that, that boundary and those boxes of what's mm-hmm.
0: it. yeah and I think we talked a little bit about this on the last episode but how you know women get stuck into believing that like they have to stay at a job because they have a job right like I got this job you don't want to mess it up like you don't know what's out there so you kind of like cling to the job that you have and you end up being boxed into like this job that you don't necessarily want, but like, you know, it's a consistent paycheck and all those kinds of things. Right. And I've, I've noticed in a lot of the different places that I've worked that women that are older tend to feel like they have to stay at a job because of their age or like age is a factor in them leaving. Right. Like, well, I'm already almost 50. So who's going to hire me?
1: Right. Type of deal. right. Um, did you, did you feel any of that? No, you know, I didn't necessarily feel that. I, I don't think that for me, I think it's because I've moved around so much. I think sometimes you can feel that
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you've been out of the job market for a long time and you're trying to enter into the job market it might be a factor or, you know, you're in it and you're kind of moving around maybe um, in, in your field. But I didn't think so much about that. I just think I was, like I said, I just had the feelings of, feeling ageism you know and within myself it wasn't necessarily that I was feeling it around I mean and myself and, and you know I mean there's a lot of women right now I mean in their 40s I'm not saying it's a bad thing I mean there's women who who feel really confident in their skin at this time yeah. you know um their 40s their 50s or 60s that feel good and they feel like this is a really pivotal time for them and they feel yeah. amazing but then there those of myself who weren't necessarily feeling that way yeah. you know wasn't necessarily feeling that like so, it, it really wasn't a factor of like, that wasn't really what I was thinking about when I was necessarily in you know, a job, was thinking about that part of it. Mm-hmm. But I just felt it within myself. I think it was my own personal pressure about working, you know, that I just felt like, what am I doing right now? You know, um, yeah. thinking I should, like I said, have all these accomplishments. I think it was more of a self imposed thing more than anything. But I know that I'm sure that it does exist. I mean, it is ageism is a real thing.
0: Like,
1: i going to pay attention, you know, who's going to listen to my voice? At, at, you know, there's a, you know as we're in this millennial age right now a lot of you know you know millennials coming in and changing and it's nothing wrong and this this is not a thing to bash any age above any but you know there are all these intersectionalities right and these things that can make us feel certain ways and 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 we are we we kind of coddle an ageism type of society yeah we're young and what voices are valid and what voices are are are, are not valid or invalid right yeah we were those.
0: seeing it right now too you know the okay boomers and you know, mm-hmm. the, like the Gen Z to the Gen Y to the everything. And it really does tend to pit us against each other. Um, and, you know, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, oh, it's just like that lighthearted jabbing. It's like that. But I, I do think that there are parts of it that, you know, if you are towards one end of the spectrum or another end of the spectrum, that those little jabs can tend to hurt a little bit more. Right. Um, and so I, I hear that, Yeah, I can see that. Well, how, how did you, you know, overcome your self-inflicted ageism and find your confidence to actually make the pivot to, because mm-hmm. she got designed.
1: Yes. I know. I didn't mention that in the beginning. Oh, so Cece, that's a part of it, right? I was like, you know you say tell a little bit about yourself and I, I like it's so interesting they that, like that's not something I brought up it's not like something that I said right away like <laughs> open, open this door and started she got designs it's like me even believing that for myself like oh I'm like I'm a solopreneur like I just opened this up it's like it's those little things right mm-hmm. um but yeah it's been amazing um you know we talked about this a little bit I'm like there's really no one two three about this it's not like I did x y and z and got to this point and did it it was just like things it was just like things sort of clicked in the way that I was trying to pick out all these different things I thought I was going to do this and that and be a virtual assistant and do all these particular things and I had these sort of things in my head that I was going to do and I just it just clicked with some conversations I, I started to realize that Well, for one thing, let me just say this, let me bring this, I think this really helps um, for me. And this may relate for people, I'm not sure. But when I say I do a lot, I I like a lot of things, for instance, the one Mm -hmm. thing I stopped doing was I stopped being really linear. That was one thing is I stopped being really linear about what I could do and could accomplish. It wasn't like, I think for, like I said, for a while I was like, I need to, what is that one thing that I need to do? And um, I realized that I don't have to pick something. And, you know, we had this conversation I was talking about, and I don't know, maybe people have heard of this, but we're talking about being a multi-potentialite, right? Yeah. It's a person, it, it's what it says, having having the potential of doing multiple things, right? Uh-huh. Not picking that one thing. You can do all the things. Now, some things may be more at the forefront than something else, but they're all super valid. And so this thing that I'm doing, opening the store was something that was not even central for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about opening the store as something that would be, Uh, at the forefront or something major or this major life career pivot necessarily Mm -hmm. this was out of a conversation that I just kind of opened my ears and we started talking I started talking to a friend and I was telling all these plans that I had and um and then she was like but you know I hear you talking and and I look at your art and stuff and I'm like and I think I said this in the last interview and I'm like but I see you in it and I said this in the last interview and I was like and there was a piece of me, it was a creative piece of me that I knew that I was creative, but I just totally like locked away. And even my mom said it, she was just like, I said, you know, remember, I said like, I don't know why I didn't do this a long time ago. I remember I used to like graphic design and all these other things and all these, because I remember you talking about that in college. I was like, oh, you did. And I was like, oh, and we take these things and we take them and we lock them away. And we don't think yep. that they're important. And it's come back up 46 years later and even though I've done a lot of other creative, I dance, I write, I do all these other things, it's come to the forefront now to be the thing that has created this sort of pivot for me where I'm like, I'm just gonna, and it was one of those things I was like, I'm gonna do. And I thought about, man, and I guess, honestly, it's a feeling more than anything. I don't think it was really steps. It just, and I know that sounds really cliche to say, oh, it was a feeling, but no. it was just that thing that felt really comfortable. Yeah. When I was talking about all the other things, I was just like, I could do them. And, and as I'm saying, and I'm not saying that I won't, right? Yeah. But I felt really settled into it.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
1: like, I really love creating. You know? And I was like, and I had picked different, I've dived into a lot of things. I started with learning how to code first because I have a heavy interest in tech. I, mm-hmm. I'm a big tech person. I started learning to code. I was like, not my, was not my piece of cake. I was like, uh, I don't think this is for me. I started mm-hmm. looking into UX and UI design which was getting closer. I was like, okay, I'm getting closer. <laughs> I, I still really love the field. And my wife has become a UX designer.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was like, I'm getting closer but it still quite wasn't the thing. But when I got to the art, I started feeling like, wait, that's it. It just felt good. It felt good. And I took this little piece that I was like, I can see myself creating. And when people, and I think you have to see who reflects you too. Like yeah. I would put designs on, on, you know, online on social media and they'd be like, you know, that could be great as a book bag. That'll yeah. be great. And I said this before in the other one. And I was like, "Oh, I listen." And I was like, "Okay, I'm going to do it." I'm, I, you know what? Why not? Yeah. You know, I wasn't able to do it a long time ago. I had the idea a long time ago. I'm just going to do it. And so, um, and that's kind of sort how it happened. I just made a decision, and I think I, I was never that decisive before.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I was never like, I've always been scared to kind of just like jump off the edge and just do it. Yeah going to put myself out there and just make it happen and and that you know and and that's like that's a, a word of encouragement you know to yeah say, like don't forget those little pieces like it does not have to be linear and I think that's why I hit the pivot was because I was like you know I can do all the things and this is not the end-all be-all honestly
0: yeah
1: I, I stopped listening to that type of thing of like you should figure this out and stop comparing myself. I was like, yes, I go to the store, but I, I I feel like this opens me up to all the things I thought I was gonna do. I can still do them, yes. you know. And so it's like that just was like, but I but I'm like I gotta do something, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm kind of like this is just. It, I feel like it's a jump off point. It's an important part. It doesn't mean yes. But it definitely is, it's big for me because it's a big accomplishment for something that I had, I was really scared to do. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know,
0: it's really, inter- I love how you like just said, like it. this doesn't need to be the end. This isn't the end all be all, what I'm gonna do. Like this, this is the beginning. And I mean, you knew me when I started my like accountability fitness groups and that's how I got here. I never, you know, five, six years ago was like, I'm going to do this. And maybe five, six years from now, I'll have a podcast, right? Right. Interviewing Black women, right? Like, no, like, I just did that thing, because it lit me up. And I had so much fun. And then it slowly morphed over the years. That's a really good point that you brought up. And I think that the idea that someone needs to make a decision that they're going to stick with, and it's going to look just like this for the years to come, really does stop people from making that first leap, right? Like, I have to figure out all of the things to make sure it's perfect without this consideration that like once you start, it may morph into something within the season, within the year, within the first couple of years, you know? So mm-hmm. what a beautiful point. And I love that you brought up your wife and 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 how supportive she's been and kind of like nudging you into this. I know that you had talked about it in in our interview before. How has that dynamic been? Because she started on a new career path too, eh? Yes,
1: yes, yeah. she graduated from General Assembly. She's a UX designer now. So she's in that that job search mode right now. And yeah. so we both, you know, and that's the thing, we both are actually on the same It's Like, it's been amazing to be married to someone, like she's my best friend, but we've also been on this life journey together, trying to like figure out, okay, what is it that we wanna do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, and like, I mean, and, and be okay with that, right? Like, what do we want to do with ourselves? And she did the same thing. She was like, "I'm just gonna jump in." Like, I'm kind <laughs> of around. We were both trying to figure it out, and she's like, "I'm gonna dive into what I want to do." She's an incredible. She's an incredible artist, and all these things. So, it's been cool because you know she's just been super supportive. And I think I, I want to stress and preface this too. Uh, I know you and I talked about this. Is that I kind of sit also in a place of privilege in the sense that I have a partner. Yeah. Um, that I have a partner that um, is supportive where we've had the conversation. She's like, look, I just want you to be happy. I want you to figure out this thing. I want you to do this. And so, you know, I'm going to, I'll get the job. And she wanted she wanted to anyway. It's not like, I like, you better get a job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's new. So she's of course going to, she wants to work in the industry. So she's excited to get into the industry and things like that. But we also had that conversation about, you know, like, I can do this i can be the major support
0: yeah you can
1: let this sort of take its you know take it morph and do whatever it's life and long as long as you're happy you know you can develop this and kind of come into your own and then so there is a, a certain place of privilege in that that i, I have that kind of support you know mm-hmm. that um i can kind of and and i think that's what's really hard is that we don't that can be a challenge for a lot of us too right and so you know i i don't want to even say this so that people don't relate you take out of it what you want meaning that like there are still there are women who are incredibly successful and they're, they're single, you yeah. know, they're, they're in different parts of their lives. I mean, you can do it, you know, <laughs> you know, you want to do it. I happen for me in my experience and where I am, I happen to be in a place that afforded me an opportunity to kind of take, take a leap that I don't mm-hmm. think I otherwise, for me anyway, because like I said, me being so fearful and I think the way things are set up, it's really hard. It's a yeah. straight up financially hard to like support no. yourself. there's no people that <laughs> be like, I had five dollars in my pocket and you know I did this and I'm like high five like I'm I, I admire, her, but I'm like <laughs> that is not me. And so it worked for me yeah. that this part and time of my life she happens to, you know she's here in my life that yeah. um, to support me through this, you know, yeah. that I kind of focus on this and kind of breathe because that was what was really hard for us. We just, I mean, as for her too, it's like we, yeah. we are not working right now, and we're just like we're both pivoting because we don't want to go back. I mean, like I said, no knocking on the nine to five because people are excelling at it. But for those who don't feel like that's their path, oh, right. we're like, we ain't doing this. <laughs> we ain't <No>. going back. <laughs> you know, we we're trying to set ourselves up. You know, like we've been doing this way too long. we have just been kind of trudging through, and we like yeah. we got to get to the other side of this. And so. Yeah it's been a it's been a beautiful thing to share this with her but it's definitely been super helpful for me. She's been pushing and nudging and trying to help me and I just, you know, it was hard. I just couldn't I couldn't it was like a an energetic breakthrough that I couldn't I couldn't do. Yeah. I cannot explain it for people who resonate with that like energy and things like that. It was something that I just could not get past. Yes. And I and she's just like I don't understand. You know because everybody else like can see that, right? Yeah. And, Right out, from the outside, her from the outside, are just like I just do not understand, and you're like, but I can't explain it. <laughs> just it didn't come. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, um, yeah. But you know, so she's been along the way, like good child, and so like, but now she's like, she, you know, she's still there, and she's you know really. Supportive.
0: Yeah. And I know originally we had talked about kind of that space when we talk about pivoting in our careers, that space between knowing what to do and feeling okay actually taking that action and taking that next step. And how she was a, a big support for you, and like knowing what to do, but then feeling like you you I don't know if had permission is the right way. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but like you had permission from your partner, and then you know giving yourself permission to say like it's okay, you can do it, like this is gonna be alright. I really love that. And 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 for those of you who don't know me, I am single, and I have built a lot of my life in single mode, and I think that. And she was, she was like, it's hard. I was like, oh, let's, <laughs> it's So it can be really difficult because, um, you know, a lot of the times when you have a partner, not only do you have financial support, but you also have emotional support and where you can say, I feel really weird about making this pivot. And it's okay, babe, let's talk about that. What does that mean? Like, what does that look like? How can I help you? How can I support you? But when you're by yourself, you know, it's, it's always possible that's what I I keep telling myself when I did use the excuse of being single for a long time, right? Like I owned a a business with a partner. And after that, I've just kind of been on this like single train of doing my own thing and really still wanting to follow my dreams. So I used that excuse for a long time. Like, well, I don't have support. And you know, I was, I'm trying to find a new place to live in a new state. And I'm looking at real estate. I'm looking at apartments and I'm like, if I just had a husband, like, (laughs) I could afford to live here, <laughs> but you know, then you understand like you don't, and, but there is a place for you to live. It's not like you don't have a place to live, right? So what I realized for those of you who are listening that don't have partners and are, and are listening to it, Angela's explaining what you, what you realize is that there are opportunities for you to find support in other ways. So for me, it was about finding success partners finding uh, for me women entrepreneurs that were on the same kind of journey as me who wanted to do things like teach classes and host podcasts like so I may not have a partner but I definitely have a sounding board of people that I trust that I know care about my well-being care about my success where I can look at them and be like I care about your well-being and success too and right. you, know you can get there you know the financial part of it you 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 figure it out too you know you figure out how much you can a lot for me what that meant was maintaining a nine to five job right so I built a lot of my businesses the things that you see me doing my projects Mm -hmm. after five o'clock you know from five to nine to ten to freaking midnight if I'm behind (laughs) (laughs) that you know and that it's okay to build your business to build your dreams however it is that you need to build them to get it done you don't need a partner Um, you don't need to have, or I guess you don't need to have like that, that marriage or that, that romantic relationship to support you in that way, because there's so many avenues to receiving support, um, that can work for you. I think it's all about finding what works well for you. And that's such a big theme of our chat here today, right? What is it that can support you and fulfill you and make you feel good when you know, you're going to be doing it every day. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah and I, you know I guess, and, and like you're saying you're right you know there's always opportunity and i feel like like i said, opportunity is always there you know i think sometimes we kind of sit on timing and things like that in our lives and it's like yeah i don't think that's always such a uh you know a certain thing all the time to have the sort of timeline that it's like was it the right timing when people ask about your pivot like you like you say waiting for all the things to line up and the sun and the moon and the stars and you know all these things and i believe there's there's, there's universal things that happen but I feel like the opportunity is like it's like this one thing that's kind of like sort of sitting there that everything mm-hmm. rotates around. So it's always I feel like going to be there. Yeah. But it's like, what do you? But and what do you do with it? If that never changes, and when you enter that, it may be, it may be harder when you enter that opportunity. It may be yeah. a little more challenging for you, yeah. or it may be really easy. But what never changes is the opportunity. Yeah always there we just enter it at a certain point so for me I don't even look at the pivot as like was it this particular time or anything like that I don't know if no much if it was timing yeah you know as much as it's like I open my eyes to the opportunity yeah that was always uh. always, always uh. Been there, right and so you can enter this at any time that you really want to right and and I so not being caught up in this then now and when whenever and however it's mm-hmm. like it's or too- I'm too late I yeah. wish I would have known this back then yeah it's there. It's, it's going to be there, right? It's the constant.
0: (sighs) You're the third person today who, and first of all, you three people are not connected to each other in any way to bring up this idea of, well, to say the word linear to me, like um, someone I work with today asked me how to spell it. And then I was like, why are you asking me that? (laughs) Because he was the second person to say it to me today. And when he told me, I was like, oh my gosh. And then you bringing it up again. I'm like, this is the third time, this idea of, um, of linearness or non-linearness, not having to look at something as like straight shoe. Cause I've, I've been guilty of that, of doing it in my business over the last three weeks where I'm just like, I just want the plans. I just want the steps. And people keep telling me like, you kind of already know what those are, but we feel like you're just saying that to like, put it in your way of right. realizing that sometimes You have to release the idea of linearness to allow what is trying to come to you to come to you. Mm -hmm. If you keep gripping on stuff, if you keep gripping on timeline, if you keep gripping on all this stuff, then you're not allowing for energy flow, for idea flow, for people flow to find you. So, Oh, thank you so much for that. Can you, I'm so freaking excited that She Got Designs is open for business and um it wasn't open when we talked last time so right. please share a little bit about the store with us how people can find you what
1: you got going on in the store give us all the details. yeah so um it's shegotdesigns.com and um i started out with um so part of it is these designs that i had done some time ago um kind of really celebrating we're celebrating black women and um I pick, you know, four designs. I have a collection that's on there. And then I have another section that is a lot of developing designs and illustrations that I do that I'm, I'm putting on product. And and my focal point of the, of, of the site is really to celebrate um, Black art, Black artists, and, you know, being represented and hoping that we can find ourselves in that. And it's something for everyone, but yeah. I just feel like, um, you know, sometimes we're not highlighted in that space yeah um, i'm i'm really you know i really want to celebrate creativity black creativity yes. and so this is my contribution of myself to share all of my creative designs and and you know everything that comes out of this brain and share and hopefully that it resonates with people and that it's encouraging to someone else and so that's what you can find you can find um she got the actual she got collection on there Yes. And then you can find some other, but wait, there's more section that has some of my other free kind of free. I love, I love, cause we had talked about
0: that. She had yeah. put up a design on her social media that was an hourglass being held by hands with these like beautiful earth tony colors. And I saw it and was like, I want that. What is it on? Where can I get it? I need it now. <laughs> and, she, and when I saw that you had put it in the, but wait, we got more and I went and saw, and now I'm like, I want it on all the things, but I'm also moving. I'm like, what's going to be the easiest to transport to an <laughs> island?
1: <laughs> it looks so beautiful. I'm and so it, glad. I'm sure she got rhythm. You can't she see it. But yeah. So yeah. So it's a couple of different designs. And please come and check it out. And, support it. and I'm excited about it. For those of you that are on uh,
0: Facebook Live right now, we got some watchers. I put the website in the comments there. So you can just click on it and head over and go check it out. For those of you that are listening um, on the podcast, I will be sure to put a link in the description of the show here today. Please go check it out. It's such amazing. And the art is so good. You know, when I look at your art, whenever I see your art, I also know that you did that 10-day art challenge on Facebook and I've kind of been creeping, 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 creeping creeping on (laughs) you. Um, but as I've been looking through all of your art, I feel your art mm. and there's some art that I look at where I'm like, that's really cool. Or I like those colors, but I've noticed that every time that I look at one of your pieces, I like feel it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me take a little bit longer with, and it. it makes me think about it a little, even all the women, even all the, she got women. I'm just like, I kind of want to dance with her or I kind of want to chat with her. Like I feel something and so I just want to say thank you for making your art available to all of us because I know as an artist myself and as someone that used to own an art gallery I know that art can be such a personal thing sometimes but it also can be one of those things that you want to share a lot and it's kind of like a vulnerable space especially for Black artists right um are we going to be judged so much by our art are people going to like forget about us and just look at our art or just think about us and not look at our art like there's right, so right. different <laughs> avenues that happen and I just I like I guess I just wanted to tell you that like I actually feel your art and it makes me really excited that you've made this pivot to make it available to other people to not only experience like wearing it but I, I kind of feel about on a poster like I want it up in my house on a wall like that I'm looking at the art behind you and I'm like that that's what I want that hourglass to look like in my house like in my living room when people walk in I love it I love it so much so
1: much I appreciate that
0: oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) well thank you again so much I know that I've been saying this a lot but thank you so much again for coming back on and really diving into the topic that um we had titled for the last episode, I felt really good about diving into this a little bit more. And I just really appreciate the opportunity to deliver to our listeners this conversation. I know you were excited about it. I know that when we ended our last episode, you had kind of like shared a little bit of it never being too late. And I I just want to open it up to you and ask if there's like any messages you want to share to our listeners before we end today.
1: Yeah. It's the, you know, it's the same. It's um, it's, it's not too late. I, I feel like a lot of what I said earlier was, you know, don't limit yourself in the possibility. Yes. And, and I don't want to sound so, you know, too ethereal and this and that or whatever. I, I it's really sincere. It's really sincere. They're like, don't limit, listen to all the things, listen to all the things that move you, all the things that speak to you. Uh, and, and really pay attention to those things, and they and, and don't put yourself in a box, and don't let the world put you put you in a box. I think millennials have it right. They're like, I don't want to stay at this job. I'm going to move to, this job. I don't <laughs> to this job. And we get it gets frowned upon a lot. Yeah. But I think that we have. I think they have it right. I think that's where our life is. I think it's where it's moving. Yeah. Is that we need to remember that we are change. Where we can change. We're malleable. We can move. We don't have to be in one space. And yeah. we. Can, all the things and I just want to like encourage and, and that, you know, you know, don't let uh, age age be that factor. I'm not saying, you know, don't think about it. There are beautiful milestones and things that happens and things that we work through and experiences and things that are valid and emotions that we feel in those times and things that we have to work through. Yeah. Well, we can, uh, but it's not, it's not a deterrent. It's a beautiful thing. I want to encourage that too, that, These latter years are not forgotten years. <laughs> and that's the one thing, that's something I want to say is that, you know, I, I, I celebrate all of the ages. I'm admiring of all of the ages, but I want us to be included in this conversation
0: mm-hmm. that
1: we're here, we here, we've shown up, we're doing amazing things and that it takes all of us. Yes. And so don't be afraid to think that you have a contribution at no matter what place you are in your life. Or whatever job, whether you are climbing the corporate ladder, whether you have started your own business, it doesn't—it doesn't matter. It's all valid, mm-hmm. and, and to really sit in that, and own that, and own all of the emotions in it, all of the mm-hmm. highs, all of the lows. Don't be yeah. ashamed. You know, it, 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 that is—it's such a deterrent. Don't don't be ashamed to express that and to vocalize that. I think we need to hear more of us say, "I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. Yeah. This is not where I'm at right now." And be vulnerable. Yeah. Because you are vulnerable. I think that's also when a world of opportunity opens up to you. You know, that that you find people that come into your life, you find opportunity that comes into your life. We need to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And we owe that to ourselves, to get that to ourselves. And so I just really want to encourage those of us that are out there that you know you're seeing, you're hurt, and that it's possible, you know.
0: I'm getting chills. And I, I love that idea of li- not only listening to yourself, but listening to all of it. You know, not all of it is the easiest to listen to. As you begin exploring this, there's going to be a lot that comes up, right? There's going to be that part of you that's like, yes. And then there's going to be that part of you that's like, oh, I don't know. And then there's also going to be like, when you start sharing it with people, people who are going to believe in it and then people who are going to try and bring you down, right? Right. At the end of the day, part of what I wanted to share to kind of close us out today, and this is something that I work with my students and clients with, is that your dreams are important mm-hmm. and they deserve to have a breath of life. And like Angela was saying, if you, if something comes to you, it's with you, it's there with you, right? And, you know, maybe it was something that you heard years ago and you kind of were like, that's silly. I could never do that. I'm not really sure what that even means or what's going on right now. Right. It'll come back again. It'll come back somewhere down the line, or maybe it'll come back and it'll look a little bit different. And you'll think, I remember I thought about this, you know, five, 10 years ago. And it's such a wonderful thing to like sit with that. And I'm a big proponent of journaling. If you have these ideas that are continuing to come to you, they're continuing to come to you for a reason. It's worth taking the time to sit down, to think about it, to to understand the the has, the lows, the pros, the cons, all of that included. And I think what Angela has shared so beautifully today is that your age doesn't need to stop you. It can be a factor, but it doesn't need to be the deciding factor in whether or not you decide to pivot or make big changes in your career. So, yes. Oh, such a beautiful conversation. I'm so grateful to you, Angela. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. And I can't wait to hear the feedback from
1: everyone who listened. Yes, yes. <laughs> I hope it resonated with folks. I hope they picked out the bits that they could, they could get, you know? So awesome. <laughs>
0: All right, thank you to. We had a lot of viewers on um, Facebook today, so I just want to say thank you to everyone who popped in live. If you are still watching, Angela's um, shop is up. Shegotdesigns.com. Please go ahead and visit her. Um, we are going to be back, Women of Color and Confidence, in two weeks from now, on March seventeenth. Now, our guest on March seventeenth is coming to us from the UK. So we are going to be going live at. Um, 10 a.m. Sorry, it's going to be 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and uh, we are going to be speaking with Niyasha Niyasha Keens Douglas. She is the owner and operator of Super Badass Empowerment Divas, where she is a confidence coach and motivational speaker. I know you may think it's kind of weird for me to have a confidence coach and motivational speaker on a show where I am also a confidence coach and motivational speaker. But I had a chat with Miyasha and I was like, oh, we're bringing this to women of color and confidence. It's going to be so great. What I'm really excited about is sharing with you how different confidence coaches work in field, right? Like I I do things one way. There are lots of confidence coaches that do things another way um, or different avenues of doing things. And so I kind of wanted to share with you what that looks like. And I think Miyasha is going to be such a great addition to Women of color and confidence, because she is also a pro. And that just goes to show you that all of us can be confidence queens if we want to. So we'll be back on March 17th. Uh, I will be sure to be very clear about the time change because she's coming from the UK, but keep an eye out on that in the newsletter. Angela, thank you again so much for hopping on with me and uh, have a great rest of your night. Yes, everybody.
1: Bye, everybody.